Our scripture lesson this morning is Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, the updated edition. Please stand as you're able, in body or in spirit, for the reading of the gospel. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with a skin disease approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? So where are the other nine? Did none of them return to give glory to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. In my work at Holy Cross Health, which Jay mentioned earlier, I get to support nurses and doctors who help people through some of the most difficult days of their lives. Through COVID and cancer, through heart disease and stroke, through healing and even through death. These people provide care without regard for what their patients do for a living, how much money they make, the size of their house, or even if they have a house to live in. And many of the patients that we serve and their families want to show how grateful they are for the amazing care they receive. They write personal notes. Sometimes they bake cookies for the staff. And they even donate money if they're able to do that. And this gratitude, I want you to know, is really not dependent on whether somebody is physically healed or not. This is gratitude for great care. One of the most remarkable stories that I've ever heard actually didn't happen at Holy Cross, but a patient at another hospital tells the story of his wife who died after a long illness. After she passed away, the nurses told this gentleman and his daughter, come on. We're going upstairs to help Nina on her way home. When they got up to her room, the nurses had bathed her body. They brushed her hair and dressed her in her favorite nightgown. Then each one of those nurses took turns telling her goodbye and how much they were going to miss taking care of Nina. This 
my friends, is great care. And being able to express thanks and gratitude back to that nursing care team by giving a gift to the hospital was part of that family's healing, part of making them whole. So we are talking this morning about gratitude, all right? And the definition of gratitude is this. It's the quality of being thankful it's readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. Grateful people focus on the blessings in life and they're filled with appreciation. The word gratitude is powerful. That one word actually has the ability to improve your health, both physical and mental. It can help you accomplish more and perhaps if you're inspired to even give more. Consider these quotes. Gratitude gets us through the hard stuff. Gratitude always leaves us looking at God and away from dread. Max Lucado said in his book, you'll get through this, hope and help for your turbulent times. Marilyn Ragg, the author of Prayer Matters, Reflections and Suggestions for Doing Prayer, wrote, through the lens of gratitude, we learn to see God's grace and mercy in all circumstances. So, who is the most grateful person you're aware of in your life? Think about that. Just take a moment to think about the most grateful person you're aware of in your life. I know here at Atlanta First, one of the most grateful people I know is our lay leader, Wayne Pierce. When you greet Wayne and ask him how he's doing, what does he say? Every day, Every day is a blessing. And what a blessing it is to be known for something so wonderful. Wayne's response is actually his gift to all of us and to all of those who come in contact with him. So we heard this morning the story of the Grateful Samaritan and it offers us an image of who and what matters to Jesus and should therefore matter to us. The story draws attention to two important themes in Luke. Number one, Jesus' care for the marginalized. Here are 10 lepers, and at least one of them is a Samaritan who's a double outcast. Right. Number two, it calls to mind the appropriate response to Jesus, which is a response of faithful recognition and gratitude. It's not unusual for these two things to occur together in Luke. The marginalized seemed well-placed to see Jesus for who he is, as Jesus has seen them for who they are. So why are we talking this morning about gratitude in the midst of our series on generosity? Well, gratitude helps us develop an abundance mindset versus one of scarcity. If life is full of abundance and not scarcity, then I can afford to be generous to others. When we practice gratitude, we acknowledge that everything we have is a gift. And when everything is a gift, we don't have to cling to it. 
When everything is a gift, you can let go of stuff because stuff doesn't define who you are. So, speaking of stuff, what is your most prized possession? Is it your car? Is it your iPhone? Your job? Your family? What would cause you to give up the thing you loved most? What if you were forced to give it up? An incredible story of faith belongs to Horatio Spafford. Horatio Spafford lived 1828 to 1888. Much like Job, he placed his trust in God during his life's prosperity, but also during its calamities. A devout Christian who'd immersed himself in scripture, many years of his life were joyous. He was a prominent Chicago lawyer whose business was thriving. He owned several properties throughout the city. He and his beloved wife had four beautiful daughters and one son. Life was more than good. It was blessed. But faith, no matter how great, does not spare us from adversity. Just as Horatio hit the pinnacle of his profession and financial success, things began to change. It began with the tragic loss of his son. Not long thereafter, the great Chicago fire destroyed nearly every real estate investment Horatio owned. Just a few years later, in 1873, Horatio decided to treat his wife and daughters to a much needed escape from the turmoil. He sent them on a boat trip to Europe with plans to join them shortly after wrapping up some business in Chicago. Just a few days later, he received a dreadful telegram from his wife, saved alone. It bore the excruciating news that the family ship had wrecked and all four of his daughters had died. Horatio was on his way to meet his heartbroken wife, passing over the same sea that had just claimed the lives of his remaining children. It was then that he put his pen to paper, and this hymn was born, beginning with the words, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows It is well. 
scream went on. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance So in spite of great tragedy, Horatio Spafford was able to express gratitude that through it all, God was and he is still present. Like the Samaritan, Horatio's thanksgiving and praise, his gratitude helped make him well. So how can you cultivate an attitude of gratitude? Here are four simple things that you can do. Number one, you can try keeping a gratitude journal. This does not have to be elaborate, something very simple. Jot down some things you're grateful for. 
write in detail about one particular thing, really savoring it, rather than making a really long list of things. Try to focus on people you're grateful for and events that surprise you. Number two, write gratitude letters and make visits. Another practice is to write a letter of gratitude to someone. Research shows it significantly increases your levels of gratitude, even if you don't send it. But here's something else you can try. Once you've written that letter, maybe reach out and visit the person that you're grateful for. Read that letter to them. It will stick with you and for them, with them for months to come. Number three, thank somebody you don't normally thank. The person who bags your groceries, the cashier at the Target, a custodian at work, a spouse or a partner for cleaning or cooking, someone you pay to do a job, a plumber, an electrician, somebody who mows your lawn, somebody you really don't like, even them. And number four, Open your eyes. When you get up in the morning, take a look around and thank God for the fact that you got up in the morning. As you're walking around this week, take a look at the trees, the flowers, the sky. With every step, thank God for those things you see and appreciate. Thank God for your breath. Thank God for your life. God wants us to understand that gratitude and generosity are actually about discovering the reality of how blessed we are. The fact is that God has blessed you far more than you realize and far more than you or I deserve. It's important to understand how to respond properly to God's abundant blessings. To be oblivious to the fact that God is blessing you, or even worse, to take credit for God's blessings as if you earn them by your own efforts is to slight God. The only proper response is to glorify God from a thankful heart. The Samaritan's gratitude makes him well in ways that the ungrateful will sadly never experience. Ten lepers were cleaned. Only one return to give thanks. Remember, he was already physically healed. But after he offers gratitude, Jesus says, you are healed. This is significant. Cleansed refers to the physical healing, the removal of the leprosy, which in itself is a miracle. But listen to what happens when the one returns to give thanks. In Eugene Peterson's Bible translation, The Message, Luke 17, 15 through 19 reads this way. One of them, when he realized he was healed, turned around and came back, shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful. He couldn't thank him enough, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, were not 10 healed, where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? Then he said to him, get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. 
Gratitude brought something more than a physical cure for the leper. Gratitude brought healing, wholeness, and some would dare say, salvation. Through gratitude, the grateful leper became the person God created him to be. So what about you? What about you? Ask yourself, do I perceive myself with gratitude? Do I give thanks for my experiences and the gifts and abilities that have grown because of those experiences? Or do I hunger after the experiences of other people, disappointed at what has not happened to me? Do you think I hate my job? Or do you say, praise God, I have a job or even the bodily strength to work? Do you think I can't believe I have to eat the same old cereal every day? Or are you thankful that you can eat every day? Do you complain about your lack of money or do you praise God because what you spend on entertainment is more than many around the world earn as their total income? Do you constantly complain about the things going on at Atlanta First that you don't like? Or do you willingly give of your time, your tithes, and your offerings to serve God through Atlanta First as a way to show gratitude and bring about God's kingdom on earth? Last week, Pastor Jasmine taught us that we were created to be generous that not being generous goes against our very nature. Yes, we were all born to be generous. Yes, we were all created in the image of a loving and giving God. And yes, our love of stuff blocks our way, creating a detour that leads us away from the very best person we were created to be. And this is why our way back home to God begins with gratitude. The Lutheran pastor, David Loos, writes, giving voice to gratitude is a choice with consequences. For as we express our gratitude, we affect those around us even shape the reality in which we live. He talks about a friend he has who always answers the question, how are you, with, I'm grateful. I like that and I invite you to join me in trying it this week. When someone says, how are you? Say, I'm grateful. It might seem a little strange, but trust me, that's okay. Perhaps it will give people a moment to pause and notice what God is doing around them. And noticing leads to gratitude, which leads to generosity, which leads to faith. I invite you to try it. So let's practice now. How are you? Hmm. Yeah. How are you? How are you? Go on your way. Your faith has made you well. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.